in our last series, we were very much into shoulders and hips. And uh, in this series, we're going a little more to the toes and the fingers. I think last series I said shoulders and hips and everything, or in the context of everything. It's my way of putting it, my very descriptive way of putting it. And this is the funny thing about Feldenkrais. We, every movement we do, every action we do, everything we're doing in class is something you're doing with all of yourself and with all of your brain. But if you start the movement or think about the movement or direct the movement from your shoulder or from your fingers or from your hip or from your foot, you're actually working with a different image of the movement or a different idea of yourself and the movement. So, um, and that opens up a lot of different possibilities. So it's all really a trick to say this is about the hands or this is about the feet or this is about the spine or this is about the shoulders because uh, everything's about everything. And tonight we're going to start with, uh, we're going to do, this might be a little unusual if this is your very first lesson, but stay with it. You'll get into it. We're going to do Uh, Work with our dominant hand tonight. So if you write with your right hand, use your right hand. If you write with your left hand, use your left hand. And I'll instruct it all like I'm saying your right hand, but if you're using your left hand, go ahead and just translate in your head. Always choose whichever hand you're going to work with and do that. And here's one of the most unusual. Here's an instruction you don't hear me ever give. If you have... If you write with your right hand, but you actually feel some pain and discomfort in your left hand or on the left side of your neck, your left shoulder or something, tonight, use your left hand. Use either the hand that you write with all the time or the hand where you have more discomfort. I never say that, do I? I always say, if I tell you to do something and it's your bad side, go ahead and use your other side, right? So tonight we're working from that dominant hand specifically because it's the place where you probably reliably already have the most strain, habitual strain going on in your body. And we're working with that strain and talking to the whole state of alert and calm of your nervous system to lower that level of strain. Now, the only exception to the idea that you have the most strain in your writing hand is if you have pain in your other hand, then you would have more habitual strain there. So tonight, you're actually going to use either your dominant hand or the hand where you have some discomfort. Is it the hand that has discomfort? Or side of the neck, or shoulder, or side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly if it's your neck. So, um, where do we start? Having said all that, um, stand your elbow on the floor of that hand, of your right hand, and point your fingers towards the ceiling. And not really rigid and not not rigid. So don't flop your fingers, but don't use more effort in your hand than you need to to have your fingers more or less vertical to the ceiling. And just slowly let your hand fall and then lift it back to the vertical. So your elbow stays standing on the floor and your whole forearm stays vertical to the floor 
It's just at your wrist. At your wrist, let your wrist bend so that your palm turns down towards the floor and then lift your fingers towards the ceiling again. So keep your elbow bent and keep your hand pointing towards the ceiling and just drop your hand. So your elbow stays, your forearm stays vertical the whole time. Your elbow's bent and you're just lowering your hand at the wrist and then lifting it again. And now when I say let it fall, do it very gradually and slowly so you feel like it's falling through thick honey or oil or something. It's not just dropping. It's not just a release. But you're fold slowly, gently, gradually at the wrist and then lift at the wrist again. And as you do that, can you feel what happens to your fingers? Do your fingers, your fingers are kind of going along for a ride here. You're lifting your whole hand, lowering your hand. Do your fingers get farther away or closer together as you lift or lower your hand? Do they move altogether or do they move individually as you lift and lower your hand? What do your fingers do? If you don't have your eyes closed, you can close your eyes and see if that increases your level of proprioceptive awareness of what's happening. And systematically go through each of your fingers and pay attention to the thumb as you raise and lower your hand. Feel the path of your thumb. And then your index finger. Can you locate that just in your sensation, in your proprioceptive feeling? Can you feel what your index finger is doing as you lower and raise your hand? And then your middle finger. As you raise and lower your hand, can you... Pick that out. Can you feel what your middle finger is doing? And then your ring finger. And your little finger. Can you track what your little finger is doing? And then leave your hand hanging. Leave your hand palmed, turned down to the floor, wrist bent. And just move your thumb. Just a very tiny wiggle of your thumb. Just move your thumb gently. 
back and forth. And notice as you do that, does anything move with it or can it move independently? Do some of your other fingers start to twitch or go along? What happens when you move your thumb? And then try the same thing with just your index finger. If you just move your index finger, how far can you move it? Where can you move it? Do other fingers go along? Does your middle stinger finger stay still or does it start to participate? And then leave your index finger and try your middle finger. Where does it go? How well can it move while the rest don't move? So this is a very um, Eastern conception of movement we're working with in Feldenkrais, three quarters, nine tenths, maybe 95 one hundredths of what you have to do. When you move something is you have to inhibit other movements. Your brain starts as a child. A child moves everything all at once. If a child's ever going to just press a button with one little finger, Nine-tenths of what it has to learn is to inhibit all the movement around. And now your ring finger. Can you move that? And this one's probably the most difficult one to move independently without, without your middle finger or your baby finger going along. Can you even, some people can't even find, you can't even feel very clearly this ring finger. Make that movement small enough so that you can move just that finger and not have the other fingers go along. And then your little finger. Can you move just your little finger? And the other fingers, do they bend or do they straighten? Do they stay the same? And then leave your fingers still and keep your elbow on the floor, your forearm in this vertical position. Check that your forearm's vertical, your hand's still hanging. And now begin to turn the hand so that you turn the fingers in the direction of the face. So you rotate the forearm, turn the forearm around its axis so that your fingers are pointing more towards your face and then back to where you started from. And do this in a way so you're really listening to the quality of that. You're really not pushing, but you're feeling every step of the way. How easily can I turn from the starting place towards your face and then back to where you started from? And what, if anything, do you feel stops that? Where do you feel something at that moment where you feel, oh, I'd have to push it to go any farther, so I'm going to turn around and go back. What is it that feels like it's stopping it there? What do you feel maybe in your forearm, in your elbow, your upper arm, your shoulder? I don't know where you might feel. What's the signal for you that, or what feels like it's getting in the way? So your hand's still kind of hanging. Your wrist isn't straight, your wrist is bent. And you turn towards your face in a way.
And then if you aren't already doing it, turn towards your face and then also turn down in a way so your fingers point more in the direction of your feet. So you're going through the full range of what's easy and comfortable for your forearm to rotate, what you feel in your elbow. As though the wind were pushing it, as though it were just moving that easily and you're not pushing it any harder than just what the wind will do. And then stay with the hand turned down or out. And by the way, if you want to bend your knees and straighten them at any point, you can do that. You don't need to leave your legs long the whole time. If you're not so comfortable in your low back or in your pelvis, you can bend your knees and straighten them. But now with your hand turned down or out, leave your hand at that rotation and lift and lower your hand. So lift your fingers towards the ceiling and then lower your hand very slowly. Almost so you feel like your hand is drifting down, dropping down by itself, and then drifting back up by itself. Very slowly, so you can feel at that point where you're at the bottom and your hand is hanging. Is it really hanging, or could it actually hang a little bit farther if you let go a little bit more? You raise your hand and hang it. And again, do your fingers all move together? Do they move independently? Is there more of a feeling of your fingers getting closer together when your hand is raised or when your hand is lowered? Do they separate out a little more when they're lowered or when you raise? The more you take the strain out of your hand, the more you take the strain out of this hand that you use so much, the more you'll feel the independent movement of each finger, the more you'll feel how just something about almost the mechanics of this movement takes the fingers closer to one another and apart from one another. And then turn your hand towards your face while it's hanging. Turn your fingers towards your face. And in that position, raise your hand to the vertical, lower your hand. I must say, there's probably not a Feldenkrais lesson more likely to put you to sleep. And for deep neurological reasons, not just because it's like low intensity. We're actually deliberately developing that inhibition, which could otherwise be called relaxation, letting go of strain. And um, like a lot of learning, we usually overdo something when we first learn it. So it's totally normal when you're learning to inhibit, to completely inhibit, which means fall asleep. Um, And then later you refine 
just inhibiting what you need to inhibit for the movement to be efficient. So you lower and raise your hand. Your fingers are turned towards your face. And you feel in this orientation. And then put your hand down, have a little rest. You can stretch out or bend your legs to rest, whichever one feels more like a rest for you. So with everyone, that increased strain that we feel in our hand or that we put into our dominant hand or any place where there's discomfort, it doesn't just affect that hand. It affects our breathing on that side. It affects the length of the spine. It affects everything. So you'll see as we work with this what, at the end of the lesson, what changes, not just in your hand, but everywhere. Stand that elbow again so your hand is towards the ceiling and lower your hand, let it drop at the wrist, slowly drop like it's lowering almost by itself. And a few times turn your fingers towards your face, towards your feet, feel what that's like now. It's a little bit more like a wind is coming and blowing it. And then stop somewhere halfway, whatever is neutral between those two ends. Stay in the middle. Actually turn your fingers towards your face and have them turn a little more towards your face. If your fingers turn towards your face, now imagine the wind's coming up a different direction. The wind comes up under your elbow. And gradually feel like with just the force of the wind, you could begin to lift that elbow away from the floor. Maybe just a centimeter, maybe just half a centimeter to start. Start to feel like whether you could lift that hand with the feeling that your hand is just floating up towards the ceiling. But just a centimeter at a time, like the wind is coming under your elbow and lifting your arm a little centimeter higher every time work with that image that feeling find maybe it's a path if your hand or your elbow come a little closer to you You're better supported by your core to lift. You keep on breathing. You don't hold your breath as the wind comes and lifts your hand. And imagine the length of your spine. Feel the length of your spine. And as the wind begins to lift your elbow away from the floor, feel that your spine maintains its length. Feel that you don't shorten anywhere. 
Don't shorten anywhere in your neck or your back. From your tailbone to the base of your skull, a very great long distance of your spine there to support your hand lifting. Length is maintained. You could even imagine somebody's at your head and if they really gently pulled on your head and you really didn't resist, where would you get longer? And imagine yourself getting longer there as the wind lifts your elbow. Until eventually you have your arm more or less extended towards the ceiling. So your elbow might still be a little bent. It's not like really straight. It's not held straight, but you've got your arm extended comfortably towards the ceiling. A little higher each time, lengthening the spine, breathing, checking your shoulder blades, your jaw, taking all effort out of your jaw or your eyes. Your whole body soft as though you were floating in water, your ribcage soft. Slowly, more and more, your arm is extended to the ceiling. And then when you're at that point, your elbow is more or less straight, your hand still hanging, turned a little bit towards your face. Stay there. Stay in that vertical place. And now begin to make a little pendulum movement in the direction over your head and towards your feet as though your arm's like a little tiny metronome, like a little tiny pendulum swinging up, down. So the whole length of your arm It's not the turning around the axis we were doing earlier. It's not turning. It's the whole arm going up and down. Very small, very small movement. Almost as though this were happening by itself, as though you weren't doing it. Up, down. In the direction of the head, in the direction of the leg. And then turn the fingers down and outwards. Rotate the whole arm, turn the fingers down, outwards, wherever it goes easily. And again, same pendulum towards the wall over your head, towards your feet. Very small pendulum around that center point, just a little bit. Little tiny controlled fall upwards, a little tiny controlled fall downwards. And then just turn the fingers to whatever rotation is the easiest. In between, rotate it up and rotate it down. Whatever's kind of the neutral rotation for your hand for you. And continue. Pendulum, swing up, swing down. Very small movement. Looks like it's happening by itself. A little pendulum. Your whole arm. And then stay at the vertical, paying attention to your breathing, no effort. Begin to just a very tiny bit lift your shoulder blade away from the floor and drop your shoulder blade back to the floor so that you tap your shoulder blade on the ground. Very tiny movement. It's not about a big movement. 
It's about can you feel where your shoulder blade is contacting the ground behind you? Without any strain or effort, it could just be millimeters that you lift it. If you make a big movement, then you're really into does your chest move, does your sternum move, does your neck move? It's just a small movement of the shoulder blade. Lift and drop it. So you really feel, start to feel, what is that point in the back of your shoulder blade? Where in the back of your shoulder blade do you really rest on the ground? What's your, where does that shoulder blade rest? Somewhere on the spine or the angle of the shoulder blade? You feel a point of hard contact. Don't forget about the length of your spine. Don't shorten. Stay long. Tap, 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 or when you find it, a little lighter, a little faster. Tap, tap, tap. And then when you feel really you're standing securely on that point, now begin to rotate your hand, your fingers down towards your feet, up towards your face, like the wind is blowing. And here you feel your forearm rotate, but also your upper arm turns in the shoulder blade a little. Just like a wind is coming along and blowing that, blowing your hand in, out. And then stay in the middle, whatever the middle point is there for you. And now do a little oscillation, a little pendulum with your hand, but left and right. Your whole arm swings a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. So we did up and down a minute ago, now it's left and right. Take the pendulum left and right, you're resting on that point in the back of your shoulder blade that you found. Just take a pendulum a tiny bit left and right, swinging like, almost like you don't consciously control it, like it's a pendulum, its own perpetual motion machine. And then leave that, bring your arm down, rest for a moment. And compare the feeling you have your left and right arm. Is one arm feeling longer? Your left and right shoulder blades, side of the back, how do they rest? And then stand your right hand on your elbow again, your hand vertical towards the ceiling, standing on your elbow. Lift your right hand towards the ceiling and hang your hand at the wrist and extend it.
And feel now is the strain going out of the hand? Are you feeling that more? So your elbow's on the floor and you're just extending, you're just straightening and lowering your hand. Straightening and lowering your hand. And is it starting to get clearer how your fingers move independently? You're just straightening the wrist and bending the wrist. Letting the hand lower, drop very slowly and lift. Raise very slowly, but are the fingers moving apart as you lower your hand? Moving closer to one another as you raise your hand. Almost like something that's happening, whether you want it or not. And now stay with your hand standing in the vertical. And begin to take your thumb in the direction of your little finger. So that doesn't mean try to get there all at once. That just means start to move your thumb in the direction of your finger. See what happens as you move your thumb towards your little finger. Soft, delicate movements, slowly, gradually. And how much can your thumb move towards the little finger without the other fingers engaging? And then leave your thumb and start to take your little finger in the direction of your thumb. And can your little finger move in the direction of your thumb without the other fingers engaging, without your ring finger starting to go along? How well can... This is the great magic human skill of opposition of the fingers and the thumb. are starting to do this and our brain hemisphere specialization and our abilities for language and sophisticated control of objects all took off at the same time. It's amazing. Something about being able to take your thumb towards your little finger, your little finger towards your thumb. Start taking both of them towards one another so that the tip of your thumb and the tip of your little finger could touch somewhere in front of your palm. somewhere close in front of your palm. And you could do that so that your little finger comes to rest on the outside of your, on your thumbnail. So your thumb folds inside your little finger. So they come together in front of your palm. And notice if you've stopped breathing and you're holding your breath and your jaw is now tight and you've got a bunch of strain and all of your fingers back in your fingers and let go of all that just really softly. Take your little finger to touch your thumbnail and then take your thumb to touch the fingernail of your little finger. So bring your thumb and fingernail together in front of your palm. With your thumb coming on top of your fingernail, your little fingernail. And there's a $64,000 prize for anyone who could do that without moving the ring finger. I feel safe offering it because I'm looking at what everybody's doing. Nobody's ready to win it yet. Oh, oh, wait. <laughs> I might regret those words. Oh. 
It's incredible, eh? It feels like we don't have five fingers, we have four fingers actually, and one of them is called ring finger plus little finger. Very tied together. And alternate so that once you do it and your thumb is on top of your little fingernail and once you do it and your little finger's on top of your thumbnail. And now stay with the tip of the little finger touching the tip of the thumb, touching the thumbnail. And now like this, can you hang your hand down, lower your hand, and then lift your hand. And what do those other three fingers do? So you keep, your, keep holding your thumb with your little finger close to your palm. Lower your whole hand. What do the three free fingers do? And then lift. Do they straighten or bend when you lower the hand down? Your little finger still folded on top of your thumb in front of your palm. And then stay down with your hand hanging, your little finger touching your thumb tip. Can you just extend and bend those three fingers staying hanging? Not losing the length of your spine, not losing your breathing. Switch your thumb and little finger so that your thumb is on your little fingernail in front of your palm. Hang your hand, lower your hand, and straighten and extend those three free fingers. And then with your hand vertical, so straighten your wrist and still your thumb on your little finger. Straighten and bend those three fingers. And switch so your little finger holds your thumb, your little finger touches your thumbnail. Can you straighten and extend those three fingers? And if you feel you're tempted to try hard to make this happen, try instead doing less to make this happen. Okay. Great. And leave that. Bring your arm down. Rest. Rest for a while.
And then you can either leave your legs long or bend your knees and stand your feet. You've had your, some of you have had your legs long a long time. You might want to change. And stand your right, your right forearm and hand over your right elbow. Bend your right elbow. Stand your hand towards the ceiling. Lift and lower your hand. Let your hand fall slowly, easily. Let it lift. Feel what that's feeling like now. The independence of your fingers. How you feel each finger move. And then stay with your hand hanging and begin to turn your fingers towards your head, towards your feet. Turn your fingers like the wind is blowing. Your hand's like a windmill and the wind is just blowing it one direction and then the other. And continue that turning of your hand, that rotation of your forearm, gentle in the wind, and also just that little lifting. Begin to lift your elbow away from the floor, continuing the turning, continuing that your hand is hanging, you don't straighten your hand. Continue turning your fingers down and up as your elbow begins to lift. The wind comes under your elbow and begins to lift and straighten your arm. So you come up to your arm straightened towards the ceiling, more or less straight, while you're continuing to do this rotation, turning your fingers down, turning them up. And then when your arm is more or less straight, stop the rotation and lift your shoulder blade again and drop it to tap on the floor. Feel as that point becoming clearer, that point where you're resting. Your hand is uh, hanging. Hand is hanging and lift and drop the shoulder blade on the floor until you really feel that point, very small, tap, tap, tap. Do it quickly a few times once you find it. Tap, tap, till you feel it. And then from that point, begin to let your hand move in now like a circular pendulum. The whole arm is drawing a cone. And the point of the cone is that place in your shoulder blade that rests on the floor. And the whole length of your arm basically draws a cone in space, like a circular pendulum draws a cone. So that wrist, your wrist is drawing out a circle towards the ceiling over your head. And you chose whichever direction you started to go in. Notice whether that was clockwise, counterclockwise. So you're resting on that point in your shoulder blade and your whole arm is drawing a, drawing a cone. Your wrist is drawing a circle. So you could think of your whole arm sort of carving out a cone in space like a circular pendulum it almost goes by itself so it's not turning around the axis it's like your whole arm swinging in a very small circle we did before up and down and we did left and right and now we're joining those four points into a circle and your arm just the rotation stays in whatever's the neutral rotation you just take a pendulum circle 
your spine stays long, don't interrupt your breathing. And turn that pendulum around, go in the other direction. Do it until you feel like the arm is moving itself. And then stop at the vertical in the middle and again lift that shoulder blade, tap it again. And you feel your shoulder blade, your collarbones separating from your chest, sliding, tapping your shoulder blade, feeling that. It's a very small movement. It's not a big movement where you, there's lots of lessons where we do a big movement with the shoulder and we fold the whole chest and we blah, blah, blah. It's really about the opposite hip. This is much more about just tapping that shoulder blade, feeling the shoulder blade free from the rib cage, resting on the floor. Yeah. Great, and then bring your arm down and rest. And now bend your elbow, your right elbow again, and um, lift your elbow from the floor so that you can bring the back of your hand to rest on your sternum. So the back of your hand rests on your sternum and your fingers towards your belly button, basically, your fingers towards your feet. It's a little bit uh, turned around kind of position. You might need to. Uh, we have this word in Feldenkrais, which is an approximation. So this is the idea, is that your back of your hand will be resting on your sternum, your fingers pointing towards your Belly button now, maybe your fingers are a little bit more pointing towards your left side somewhere, or maybe it's not. But you got the idea. You got the idea that the back of your hand could be making that contact resting on your sternum and your elbows pointing towards the ceiling. And just gently resting your hand there, not doing anything with your hand, begin to lift your elbow towards the ceiling so that you lift your shoulder blade away from the ground again, away from the floor, and drop your shoulder blade back towards the floor. So just with the back of your hand resting on your sternum, you can lift your shoulder blade away, drop it down. Again, to feel that point of contact, to feel that place where, that place where your shoulder blade gets its support from the floor, where it rests. Just a little drop and then lowering. It could just be Millimeters, it doesn't have to be big. So you feel the difference between lifting it and leaving it to rest on the floor. Lifting it and letting it go. And now can you speed that up and go tap, tap, tap? Or is that a little bit harder in this configuration? Yeah. And then when you've got that point of contact, stay, rest on that point of contact, stay there. And now can you let your elbow go in sort of a pendulum in the direction of your foot, in the direction of your head. Resting on that point of contact on the ground, can your elbow just first do just this one simple pendulum up and down, 
your hand rests passively. Maybe you feel some kind of passive folding and unfolding in the wrist. Your elbow makes this pendulum up and down. And then in this funny position, can you get any kind of a pendulum left and right? doesn't have to be big. You're really just looking for the clearest, smallest idea of that movement. Your elbow could, like a pendulum, move left and right while the back of your hand is passive on your sternum. And then can your elbow make a circle pendulum? Do a circular pendulum while the back of your hand just rests passively on your sternum. You've got the support of the floor behind your shoulder blade. Could be the tiniest movement. It doesn't have to be very big at all. And turn that pendulum around, that circle around. Go in the other direction. And then leave that. Stretch out your legs. Put your arm down. Take a rest. And as you lie there, feel which arm feels longer, your left arm or your right arm, the arm you are working with or your other arm. How do your fingers lie in each hand? And slowly, at your own time, roll to your side and come up to stand. And before you start walking around, we'll just try a couple of things. So. so first lift the hand that you weren't working with towards the ceiling and feel what that's like. And then lift the hand that you were working with towards the ceiling. See if that feels different. And then turn to look towards the side you weren't working on. And turn to look towards the side you were working on. See if you feel a difference. And then leave that and go for a walk. See how you feel.